Welcome. How did Jesus pray? Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7 gives an extraordinary description of Jesus' prayers. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, Strong crying and tears. Well, I think that David prayed like that as well, and perhaps you'll agree with me when we've looked at our psalm for today, which is Psalm 6. My name is Keith Simons, and I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the Psalms. So if you're able, please turn with me as we look at Psalm 6. The ancient heading of this psalm reads in the King James Bible, to the chief musician on Neginot upon Sheminit, a psalm of David. And these words which the King James translators have not translated for us Neginot upon Sheminit, our first puzzle for today. Neginot means stringed instruments. These are musical instructions as to how David wanted this psalm to be sung in the temple. He wanted it sung with, with stringed instruments, maybe harps, like the harp that he himself played. Neginot upon Sheminit. Sheminit means eight, the number eight. And if you count the black, the white notes, sorry, on a piano in an octave, that's eight notes from C to C. And uh, it seems that either this is saying that the musical instruments, the harps that were to play this, had eight notes, or that it was to be played on the musical scale. The musical scale represented by the white notes on the piano. It was written by King David, that's why it says a psalm of David, and the initial instruction to the chief musician, that's to the leader of the music in the temple. This psalm was marked for him to prepare for singing in God's house in Jerusalem. So let's look at it verse by verse and word by word in the King James Bible. And we begin, of course, with verse one. O Lord, David prays, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Now that prayer may puzzle us. David's prayed to God, rebuke me not. But it says in Proverbs 9 and verse 8, Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. In other words, if someone is wise and you rebuke them, you correct their errors, you show them where they're wrong, he will love that and he will love you for it. But David prays to God, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger. And the second half of the verse puzzles us in a similar way. There David prays, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. 
chasten is to punish to punish like you punish a child who you're teaching but hebrews 12 and verse 5 gives us this instruction and have ye forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son despise not thou the chastening of the lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him so what we're saying is that god's chastening is a good thing and god's rebuking is a good thing these are the means that god uses to correct his children to teach them what they should do because we all do many wrong things so why does david pray rebuke me not in thine anger neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure because the important words are in thine anger and in thy hot displeasure god i want you to correct my errors i want you to correct the things that i'm doing wrong but i don't want you to act in anger against me i want you to teach me like a father teaches his son because if you act in anger against me i'm guilty of so many wrong deeds i know that you could only send me to hell and to eternal punishment and i certainly don't want to pray for that i want to pray that the wrong things i've done you will correct you will sort out that you will act in love towards me as a father acts in love towards his child when he punishes that child so god correct me rebuke me and chasten me but not in anger not in hot displeasure no god what i want what i need is your compassion i want you to rebuke me and chasten me in compassion because i'm turning to you god i'm desperate for your help i'm desperate to do the things that please you and although i've done so many things that don't please you yet lord with your help you can change my life so verse two have mercy upon me o lord for i am weak have mercy that means have compassion upon me care about me in my weakness i have such desperate needs i don't ask you to save me because i'm a good person i'm not i don't ask you to save me because i can save myself if i could save myself well then i should do it no i'm asking you god to save me to rescue me to help me because i cannot help myself because i am weak and i i need your mercy i need your compassion i need your help so that i can live for you so that i can serve you so that i can do the things that please you first two continues O oh lord heal me for my bones are vexed vexed it means disturbed or terrified or troubled now when i'm disturbed or, or terrified or troubled that's in my mind that's that's thoughts in my mind that worry me so why does he say 
my bones are vexed. Ah, because bones are supposed to be the strong part that supports your whole body. Your mind might be weak, but your body might still be very strong. Uh, your, your flesh might be weak. But as long as your bones are strong, well, you can stand up and you can... You're, you're not in total weakness. But what happens if your bones are vexed? What happens if your bones tremble or have a terrible disease? Then you are truly in trouble. And David was saying, I don't think he was saying that his physical bones were in trouble. But he was saying, the strongest part of me has turned into weakness. My troubles are so great that I can't depend on myself. Every part of me is weak. So God, he prays, heal me. It's only you who can cure me from this terrible situation. It's only you who can rescue me now. And if my bones are vexed, well, maybe my soul inside me is still strong. Maybe my inner life, my inner attitudes are still strong. Maybe I'm still trusting in myself, although I'm on my deathbed. No, David says, even my soul, even my soul, which is not affected by the weakness of the body. Verse three, my soul is also sore vexed. If my bones are in trouble, if my bones are vexed, well, my soul is even more troubled. My inner self is sore vexed. That means greatly vexed, greatly troubled, greatly terrified, greatly disturbed. Oh, deep inside me, this trouble has reached to me. I don't know how I'm going to cope, but at least I can turn to God. The end of verse three seems not to be a complete sentence. But thou, O Lord, how long? And then there's a question mark in our King James Bible. What's he doing there? David is turning to God. He speaks directly to God. Thou, O Lord, I'm calling on you. You are the one who can deal with this. You are the one who can cure my bones, which are vexed. You are the one who can save my soul that is so vexed. You are the one who can work in my life, for I am weak, but you are strong. And so I turn to you, God, and I ask for your help. And I ask the question, how long? Because these troubles are continuing. They're continuing over a long period of time. Yet my dependence on you has to continue for an equal length of time. Although I have troubles, Although I have so many troubles, I depend upon God to help me. And so now I'm going to pray for God's help. Verse 4. Return, O Lord. Come back to me. Come back and save your poor servant who is in such trouble. Deliver my soul. To deliver. It really means the Hebrew word to pull out of danger there. Just as you might pull a drowning man out of the sea, he prays, deliver my soul. Pull me out of this danger. Pull my inner life out of this danger. Pull me out of this despair which seems to overwhelm me. 
Oh, he prays. And you'll notice a difference in the word oh there. Uh, at the beginning of verse 4, the second word of the verse, return, O Lord, that's just simply the letter O. And that's a word which is used to address God. We've seen it in every verse of the psalm so far. But now we've got O, O-H, O save me for thy mercy's sake. And that's a desperate cry. Oh, we say, O save me. He's calling out to God to save him, to free him from these troubles. And he's given God a reason for thy mercy's sake. Hear the word mercy. It's a different Hebrew word to the word mercy, which appeared in verse 2. In verse 4, that Hebrew word means loving kindness. Oh God, it's your character to show kindness and love to your people. God, please act in that way towards me. That is the reason I ask you to save me. Not, not for my own good, but because you are good. Not because I deserve it. I don't deserve it. But your loving kindness, your mercy is so great. Will you not show your mercy in my life? Will you not act with kindness for me and save me from these troubles that I am in? We pause a little as we turn to verse 5 and uh, he starts to give reasons to God why it's so important this prayer should be answered. Verse 5 reads, For in death there is no remembrance of thee, in the grave who shall give thee thanks? In the Hebrew, the grave is used as a word picture for death and even for hell sometimes. And David is saying, I've got enemies. Those enemies want to kill me. Those enemies not just want to kill my body, they want to send me to the grave and to hell. There's no evil thing against me that they are not anxious to do towards me. But God, you can't allow this. God, there is a reason why I need to continue to live. And that is because in death there is no remembrance of thee. When the body dies, it is laid in its grave. Then it can't remember God. Then it cannot give God the honour that God deserves. And in the grave or in hell, who is giving thanks to God? Why, they suffer God's indignation. They suffer the terrible punishment of hell. But they don't give thanks to God. And yet God deserves our thanks. We should be eternally grateful to God. God, if I'm turned into hell, then someone still needs to give you thanks. Oh Lord, Raise me up. Raise me up because I'm in danger of death. Save me. Rescue me so that I can remember you and give you the proper honour that you deserve. So that I can give you thanks for all the good things that you have done. Oh God, I'm so anxious that I should be giving you thanks. That that is the reason I offer to you why you should rescue me from this situation. God, when you rescue me, that will give me a wonderful reason to give thanks to you.
When you rescue me, that will be, give me a constant reason to remember you and to give honour to you. But God, you've not rescued me yet. And now, listen to my trouble. Verse 6. I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Okay, so he's crying. He makes his bed to swim because he's crying tears. And then he says he waters his couch with tears. Uh, the bed and the couch mean about the same thing. It's uh, they didn't have much furniture in ancient houses, but uh, a wealthy man would have a long seat in which he could sit with his friends to eat and on which he could lie at night to sleep. And that is the sort of bed which David, or couch, which David has in mind here. But his couch, it's wet. His bed is wet and it's wet with his tears. He is so desperate in turning to God. He is groaning and crying out through the night. Okay, now we've got this description of his pain, his suffering, and yet we've got a clue that there's something more going on here. Listen to the end of verse 8 and the beginning of verse 9. We'll look at them in detail later. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping, the Lord hath heard my supplication, the Lord will receive my prayer. Do you see how, there how weeping is made equal to supplication and to prayer? When David is groaning, when he's crying so plentifully, when his bed seems to swim with his tears, in that situation, David is praying. These are desperate prayers. He is, he is interceding for God to act in this situation. He's interceding that God will act against his enemies because we'll find out later that David has enemies who are opposing him, verse 10. But he's also praying that God would change his enemies. He, he's weeping and he's praying in sympathy for them and also in intercession for them, in requesting God to act, to change their attitudes, to change their lives, to turn them round. He prays at the end of the psalm, let them return and be ashamed suddenly. It matters not to him whether they return and turn back to God or whether, whether they are ashamed and their plans are defeated. Uh, no doubt, as a godly man, he would prefer them to return to God. But if they will not do that, then God will have to act against them. And it is this conflict which causes this desperate prayer. Let me read verse 6 again. I am weary with my groaning. Weary means tired. I'm tired because I'm calling out to God all through the night that he will act in this situation. All my night, all night, I make, sorry, all the night, make I my bed to swim. Of course, he can't literally pray so many tears. 
but it feels like it. Because those tears are plentiful and they're constant and they're flowing throughout the night as he brings this desperate, this earnest, this fervent prayer to God. I water my couch with my tears. Verse 7, mine eye is consumed because of grief. He's crying so much that, that he feels that his eye is dissolving away. He probably doesn't mean that literally. It's a description of just how great it is. That word consumes means to waste away, to fail. When we cry a lot, it's difficult to look at anything. It's difficult to see anything. And he's feeling that night after night with these desperate prayers to God. It waxeth my eye, waxeth old because of all mine enemies. As I've got older, I've, I've started to use glasses. I don't use them all the time. I haven't got them on as I do this podcast. But when I'm reading something, when I'm reading something in small print, uh, I do need to get my glasses. I didn't as a young man. But now that I'm in my 50s, I need to get my glasses. And as you get older, your eyes get weaker. David is saying before its proper time, my eye is becoming old because I'm crying so much, because I'm crying so much because of my enemies. I pause again for verse 8, another change of attitude, because David is sure of something now. David is sure of the answer to his prayer. Verse 8, depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. To depart means to go away. Workers of iniquity, iniquity means sins. So David is speaking to evildoers. David is speaking to evil people who've been all around him and searching after him and trying to attack him. And he now declares to them, depart from me. Go away. Your attempts to destroy me are defeated because God is going to act in this situation. I've prayed. I've prayed night by night. I've wept tears, tears of compassion, tears of prayer, tears of seeking God. And I am confident God has given me an assurance of the answer to those prayers. And sometimes in prayer, we reach that point where nothing has changed in our outward circumstances. And yet we are confident that God is answering our prayer. And David has that here. These evildoers haven't left him yet, but he declares that they must, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Oh, those tears, those bitter tears through the night, those tears of prayer, God has heard them. And when God hears prayer, he acts. He acts to support the person. He acts to help. He acts to answer that prayer. Verse 9. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The word supplication means a request for favour. 
I've asked God to show me his kindness and God heard my request. The Lord will receive my prayer and when he receives that prayer, I have the confidence that he will act in this situation. He will rescue me even as I asked him to. Verse 10, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Previously, David complained that he himself was vexed, troubled, distressed, disturbed. Now he says, let it happen that all these people who've gathered to oppose me are sore vexed, that they again are in great trouble. Let them be ashamed. Let them see the defeat of their plans. We've often seen how in the Psalms, this word ashamed, put to shame, really means the defeat of evil plans. He says, let all mine enemies be ashamed. Oh, how can they? They turn round and turn back to God unless they see the foolishness of the evil thing that they've done. Let them turn back to God. But if they will not turn back to God, then they must suffer God's anger. They must suffer God's sore displeasure. Verse 1. God will act against them and will act fiercely. Let them return. Let them turn back. David used that word return earlier in the psalm. He prayed in verse 4 that God would return to answer his prayer. Now he prays of the enemies. Let them return. Let them turn back. Let them be defeated. When an army attacks in war and it has to turn back, that's its defeat. David is praying. David is saying, let my enemies turn back and be ashamed. And he adds, suddenly, may they see the sudden defeat of every evil scheme. Oh, it's continued for so long. We get the feel of this psalm of it just continuing on and on. How long, David prayed earlier in the psalm. Must this trouble continue forever? No, it will end. It will end one day. And when it ends, it might be very, very sudden. Please write to me. My name is Keith Simons and my email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. That's 333kjv at gmail.com. Now let me read you the whole of Psalm 6. To the chief musician on Negnot, upon Sheminit, a psalm of David. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, save me for thy mercy's sake.
for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly.